Hello, and welcome to this podcast of Sunday Sermons from Concord United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll find this message to be meaningful, insightful, and a refreshing part of your daily walk with God. Please feel free to share this podcast with family, friends, or anyone else who might benefit from it. This podcast is part of the digital ministries of Concord United, and we are grateful that you have chosen to experience worship and God's Word with us. For more information about Concord United and its ministries, please visit our website at concordunited.org. Well, no one can ever accuse Lynn, that's my wife, Lynn and me, of, uh, of being prejudicial, uh, president, prejudicial against all different kinds of music. A couple of three weeks ago, uh, we went to see Government Mule on Wednesday night. And for those of you who know who Government Mule is, uh, Warren Haynes leads that group. He was part of the Almond Brothers and a, a latter version of the Almond Brothers and a great guitar player. And then that Friday, we'd gotten this flyer in the mail uh, with free tickets to go see the Sim- and you know we're like we should we should that'll be a nice counterbalance to government mule on wednesday night so we went to see the symphony uh, and it was wonderful they were doing this rachmaninoff piano piano concerto and it was just amazing but the thing that i always love about going to see the symphony and it's like wait for it every time is they're all up there you know they're practicing their parts and there's just this kind of muted cacophony coming from the stage and then the concert master i think is she, in this case is a she, the first violinist stands up and they all stop. And then the oboe player plays an A. A is like the standard pitch. And so they all tune to that oboe and they all do whatever they need to do to make sure that their instrument is perfectly in tune to that standard pitch. That started back in the 1800s. Before then, orchestras often were mostly violins, and violins in those days had animal gut strings, and, and you know, on a violin, there are no frets like on a guitar, and to play one in tune, it's something for someone to play the violin well, but it's hard to get all of them in tune if there isn't some sort of standard note. So composers started adding oboes to their symphonies and concertos and the oboe would play the A and and with an o, in those days the oboe had to cut their reed to a certain length to make that perfect tune they would tune it maybe to a piano or, or to a tuning fork and so the oboe that pitch was always very stable and standard so they would play this oboe player would play the standard A which is 440 cycles per second. That's how many times a sound vibrates per second. That's A. And so everybody else tunes to that. And if they didn't, if, if they left everybody up to their own sort of way of tuning, well, I'll tell you, I'll show you what will happen. Say hello to Jake. This is Jake Smith, our, uh, our guitar player, our real guitar player. He just lets me play. So Jake has, like he always does, tuned to an electronic tuner, and I have one too that I usually use, and uh, it is tuned, and we tune to A440 so that it's standard, and the, the, the keyboard is at A440, and so that gives us a standard pitch, and that way all of us will be in tune with each other. If you don't do that, for instance, I just kind of haphazardly tuned this guitar uh, this morning, not to my tuner. And let me show you what happens. Let's play, let's play Away in a Manger since it's Christmas time. This is what happens when everybody isn't on the same pitch. Okay. 
We can go on if you want us to. It's not great. It's, it's called dissonance. And dissonance is whenever notes clash with each other. And that's not good. However, there's something you can do about that. In this case, the other guitar player uh, can tune his guitar to standard and take, take just a second. Uh, I'll tune to uh, the standard A440 and show you the difference in having dissonance. And it's called consonance whenever everybody is actually playing on the same pitch. And that note just won't tune. There it is. So let's try it again. And you can even play in harmony once you get on the same pitch. Once you get in harmony, then you can play all sorts of music in harmony. Once you get on the right pitch, the possibilities are endless. Give a big hand to Jake. Thank you, Jake. The only wrong note in the whole demonstration was me. So, but that's okay. I'm the preacher. I, I can always say that I'm the preacher. So there's that. Now hold on to that. So we're doing this sermon series called Why Jesus as we work our way up toward Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Why Jesus? Because we need a Savior. But now what does that mean? Jesus came to save us. That's why he came among a, a, a lot of different reasons. And that plays out a lot of different ways. But essentially we needed a Savior. And there are lots of ways to think about what it means to be saved. Um, you know, you can, just, you can just leave it at the fundamental level of, well, Jesus came so we can all be saved of our sin and go to heaven one day. And that's, thank you, Jesus. That's, that's wonderful. But if that's the only way we look at it, then we're leaving an awful lot on the table. We're leaving a lot of saving, if you will, that Jesus would like for us to explore. So... One of the ways that I'd like to propose this morning that Jesus saves us is by getting rid of this dissonance. Dissonance is what you heard the first time we tried to play Away in a Manger. Dissonance is whenever there's a clash between musical notes because they're not on the same pitch. Dissonance also occurs when there's a clash between people because they're not on the same page. Dissonance occurs when there's a clash between people and God. Sin, and there's a lot of different ways, and yes, we're going to talk about sin for a minute this morning because there's good news. There are a lot of ways to talk about it, but this morning I want to submit that sin is the dissonance created by living out of tune with God's perfect pitch. If you'll follow my metaphor with me for just a minute, 
When God created this world, especially when God created you and me, he intended for there to be perfect pitch. And I don't know that it was A440, but there was this standard pitch in the universe. There was this pitch that everyone was supposed to resonate with. And it was his will for the world that we all live and love together in perfect harmony. That was the plan. But we all know that it didn't work out that well. And we all have our moments of dissonance with God. But God never gives up on us. And God has tried and tried down through the ages. He had tried to get his people back on pitch because way back in the Garden of Eden, and whenever that was, however long ago that was, God had set this, this perfect pitch for humankind to vibrate with. And the very first thing that the first two people did, Adam and Eve, when we read the story in the Bible, is they, they decided to sing their own tune and decided to strike their own pitch. And they ate the apple. That was the only thing God said, I don't want you to do. And it started this issue with humankind of being out of tune with God. And there was this dissonance then that needed to be corrected because we tried and tried and tried to retune ourselves, but we just couldn't do it. But God never gives up. And so God had this ultimate plan to reestablish his perfect pitch in the universe, in you and me. And I'm going to read that plan to you now. Some of you have heard this over and over again at Christmas time. Some may be hearing this story for the first time. This is from Matthew's version of the birth of Jesus. There are um, uh, two versions, Matthew's and Luke's. This is Matthew's. And this is from Matthew chapter 1, uh, verses 18 through 21. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, because Joseph was a really good guy, he had in mind to divorce her quietly, which was doing her a big favor. He had, he had this thing ringing in him, I think, even before little Jesus got here. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. In other words, she hasn't been unfaithful to you. God is doing an amazing thing. She will give birth to a son, and you will give him the name Jesus, because he, and here's the part to underline, because he will save his people from their sins. And what I want to do for a couple minutes this morning before we come to this table is widen this business of being saved out a little bit because there's so much more to it than simply being in heaven one day. As important as that is and as big a deal as that is, it has implications for the next 15 minutes of your life if we will listen. Jesus came. Jesus came to reestablish God's perfect pitch in humankind, if you'll just follow my metaphor a little further. We had lost it. We had lost the pitch and we were dissonant with each other and we're dissonant with God. We clash. But Jesus came through simple faith, through simply saying, Lord Jesus, I don't understand this, but I believe it to be true. 
By simple faith, Jesus reestablishes that perfect pitch in the human heart. And it creates this whole new opportunity for, for harmony, harmony with God, harmony with each other. It's, think of it this way, though. There, there are two different ways to understand this, two levels, if you will, of this saving. First, Jesus came to just establish that perfect pitch in our hearts. And it's always there. Regardless of how we act, regardless of how we respond, it's always in there vibrating, that perfect pitch. You know, when, when, uh, when I was born, my mother had prayed for children. She had a hard time conceiving, and she did. She had my brother, Neil, and then she had me. And, and my mother loved me before I was even born. My mother and father, all, I never doubted that they loved me always. Well, my mom for sure. Dad, eh, there are probably moments there where, he, where he thought, boy, I don't know about that kid. But he did. He did. You know what I mean? And, and I carried that with me. And maybe you carry the same love with you. And it was particularly important in those times of darkness in my life when I had made really bad choices and gotten myself into a heck of a fix. And it was great to remember that regardless of how bad things are, my mom and my dad, they loved me. And, and that's so important to know that that's always ringing inside there. But sometimes we don't hear it. There were times that I lived my life, in spite of the fact that I knew how much my mother loved me, and my mother was this saintly woman. My father was a man of great judgment and patience. And I lived my life in a way that did not reflect that love. In fact, I lived in a way that would have made them ashamed, and though they would have never done it, they probably would have disowned me at times. I bet my dad would have if he could have. There were times that... You would have never known that because there was no evidence in the way that I was living my life. And so that's what happened to us. You know, we, we lived in dissonance with God. Jesus comes and he, and he reestablishes this perfect pitch inside of us. But while that might get us to heaven one day, that's only part of the story. Kind of the opposite of dissonance is resonance. And it's not exactly opposite, but it's close. And resonance is whenever something starts vibrating at the same speed or pitch, if you will, as another source. I'll give you an example. When, when we first came into this space to worship, it was 2011, and we'd been in the gym. And we were so excited to come and be in this new space with new monitors and this whole new sound system. And we were so excited. So after that last service on the last Sunday in the gym, we brought our drums and our guitars and our keyboards and all of our stuff, and we set it up in here, and we had a rehearsal. And we started playing. And it sounded so good. Now, you know what subwoofers are nowadays. You know, 25 years ago, not everybody knew what a subwoofer was, but most people have them as part of their home theaters now. A lot of people have them in cars, you know, and you'll hear them two blocks away as they pull up behind you, and you have no idea what the, but all you can hear is boom, 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 boom. And it's like, thank you for sharing that with me. Uh, I don't think I have that kidney stone anymore. I think it's dissolved. But, but resonance is that's what resonance is. And we had that problem here. They're subwoofers. Now, we have our own subwoofers and they're tucked in under the stage right here to carry that big deep bass that fills the room. 
Well, they were just stuck back in there. So we started playing. And the sound person, this was the very first sound person we had in here, started bringing the sound up in the room. And as he did, we started hearing this. And it got so loud, it was louder than anything else in the room. And we had to stop. And it's like, what in the world is going on? And he figured it out. He said, see, this stage, this stage is actually, it's hollow underneath. There's a six-inch concrete pad, and then there's wood on top of it. And under those six inches of concrete, is, it's about three feet of space before it gets to the concrete floor. And so what was happening with those subwoofers, they, ju- the, they, they turned the stage into a big drum head, and it just started vibrating or resonating. In this case, that wasn't good. So we, had to, we blew insulation back in there, and we stuffed it full of all sorts of stuff, and we've tamed it now. But God doesn't want us to tame that in us. God wants that perfect pitch to resonate in us so that we're not the only ones that hear it. When Jesus' perfect pitch resonates in us, we hear it and others hear it. Now, to just put a fine point on it before we go to the table. Let's have a, let's have a Methodisty moment right now. John Wesley was the person who started the movement uh, that is now the United Methodist Church. All, that was back in the 18th century. And he used to talk about saving grace a couple of different ways. He talked about it as justifying grace. And I've used this term before and uh, justified that that comes from Paul in the New Testament. This justification, you know, if you, on your computer, uh, if you have Word document that you write on, it'll, have, it'll give you an opportunity to justify left or justify right, or you can justify both if you want to, which is what newspapers and magazines do. It puts it in right alignment. And so that first step is God implants this, this perfect pitch in us through Jesus Christ, and we are now lined up and we are in tune with heaven. And our pitch, this, this pitch that had become dissonant in us with heaven is now perfectly lined up. And we are on the same wavelength, if you will, as heaven. And that's justifying grace. But then the other thing that Wesley talked about was sanctifying grace. Big church word, but it's very simple. Sanctification is just a process of making us less like our old self and more like Jesus. And so what happens is then, to to go back to my metaphor, this sanctification process happens when we listen for that perfect pitch of Jesus inside of us, and then we let it resonate in our life so that we hear it and others hear it, and people are changed. And there are lots of different ways to do that. It began, you know, right, this is a good way, come to worship. That's a good way to, to, to be a part of that sanctification process because it, it all kind of hinges on learning more about how much God loves us and learning more about how much he wants us to represent his son, Jesus, in the world. He doesn't just give us this salvation to walk around and go, hey, look at me, I'm saved and you're not. That, that's not the way this is supposed to work. It's, it's, not a, it's not a privilege, it's a responsibility. And so we come to worship or perhaps we take 5, 10, 15 minutes, 30 would be grand, 5 would be better than, way better than nothing to get our Bible out and just go into, the, start in the Gospel of John, read a little bit, pray a little bit. You don't have to have fancy words. Oh God, you've, you've given me everything I have and I'm not sure what to do with it today, so I'm listening. I want to do better today. That would be a good prayer, 
a good way to start the day. But we pray, we do devotions. We have these on, we have an Advent devotional you can get online right now and download it. It'll give you passages that will follow along with the sermons every week. But you, we do that. Then you go serve. And every time you go serve at one of our crop drops, or you go serve at the food pantry, you go serve at the thrift store, or you serve with our caves ministry, or with our children, or with our students, or whatever it is, whenever we serve, we resonate. And that perfect pitch of Jesus starts to resonate in our lives, and it impacts other people and you know what it sounds good and it changes them and it changes us and it draws people others toward that perfect pitch this I believe is at least part of what it means to allow this Savior to come in and fully save us. And when I, you know, being saved, Paul put it this way. This is a great passage. This is from Philippians. The Apostle Paul, he was somebody who was a Pharisee, a Jew, and, and he antagonized and hunted down followers of Jesus in the early days, then became like this, this great apostle and disciple and went out planting churches. He said this in his uh, book of the Bible called Philippians, therefore, my beloved, as you always obeyed so now not only as in my presence but much more in my absence work and this is so scary but it shouldn't be work out your own salvation with fear and trembling for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure we work out our salvation when we let that perfect pitch come out in everything that we do every word that we say every action that we take or don't take. Sometimes words we don't say and actions we don't take are very, very Christian and a great way to let that perfect pitch resonate in us. And I love that it says fear and trembling because trembling, another definition for trembling is to vibrate. So fear, hear respect when you hear fear. Deep respect for God. Allowing that perfect pitch to vibrate inside of us. Others hear it. And the kingdom comes a little closer. Hallelujah. You know, when, when Jesus was with his disciples, the night that he was arrested, just hours before he was arrested, the night before he was crucified, he was trying to get them to understand that he was going away. And this whole mission for him to come and to save the world, to replant this perfect pitch in everyone, was going to be in their hands by the power of the Holy Spirit. So to help, help them understand that they needed to constantly listen for his perfect pitch in their lives, which he had already started vibrating, he took bread while they were eating that last supper together and he broke the bread. And he said, this is my body that I'm giving to you. Eat this as often as you will and, and listen once again for that perfect pitch. Because heaven knows there are all sorts of pitches and all sorts of voices that can distract us away. Amen? It's so easy to lose it. And he wants us to remember that it's there. And he took that cup of blessing. And he said, drink this as, as often as you will. This is now going to be my blood given for you. And it will remind you of my perfect pitch that will always resonate inside of you. And regardless of how loud the world gets and how dissonant the world may sound, you can be in harmony 
when you resonate with that perfect pitch. That's what he wants for you. That's what he wants for me. As some of us come to the table, there may be some who've never, never established that perfect pitch before. It's never happened. You've heard it. You've heard about Jesus, but you've never said, I, I want that. Maybe this is the morning for that to happen. Maybe this is the morning to come to the table and just say, you know, Jesus, I can't, I can't do this on my own anymore. I need you. And then there may be many of us that just need to reestablish that pitch because already the Christmas season has, has shown flashes of, or sounds and grinding sounds of dissonance with perhaps family members or friends or whatever. Or it's just this cacophony of, of sounds that we hear at this time of year. And they're all wonderful. And I love this, all the sounds of Christmas. But not if they drown out Jesus' perfect pitch. Come and let Jesus reestablish, or for the first time, establish his perfect pitch so that you can resonate in heaven and we can resonate with each other. Amen? Well, those who are going to serve, will you please come forward and let's pray together. Almighty God, we thank you for these simple gifts of bread and juice. We pray, O oh God, that they will be for us the body of Christ and the blood of Christ, that we, as the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood, would leave this place with his pitch vibrating strongly inside of us, resonating through our lives so that others will be impacted by this joy, joyous sound of your love coming through a Savior. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Concord United Methodist Church. This podcast is a ministry of Concord United, and we would love to hear from you. To contact us, please send an email to podcasts at concordunited.org with sermons in the subject line. For more information about Concord United, including worship times, service opportunities, mission efforts, and classes, please visit our website at concordunited.org. We also invite you to download and enjoy our daily devotional podcasts presented by the pastors and members of Concord United. Finally, we would appreciate it if you would leave a rating and a review of this podcast so that others can discover it and benefit from it.